Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on April 29th, 2013. Newcomers, make sure you really make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. Lots and lots of free audios for download and I go through the history of the system they're actually living through. It's a system, nothing happens by accident in the system. It's a very old system and those involved in it at the top have published many, many books over the last hundred years at least. Uh, especially when they go into retirement and so on, about their parts in creation of this global system, which of course is to be run by a few, already is run by the few, and the fact that they would form private clubs, uh, organizations and uh, foundations, which really form a parallel government. These foundations also act as think tanks, which government uses, and uh, and they advise governments on policies across the whole world, from from economies and, and all the banking systems, all the way down to social policies. So you're you run by unelected people. That was the way that they got round democracy a long time ago. Those who held power and incredible wealth from the old British Empire days to the present time. And now, as I say, it's completely global and international. So help yourself to the website. As I say, you've got lots of information on those who founded this organization and how they planned wars, world wars even, and they needed wars to bring it all about, and the, how they, they, they finance, the, they manage all the debt, etc., etc. And ultimately, they bring in a new society, a, a planned society with a planned population down the road, as they bring down the populations now through various other means. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can help me take along here by getting the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And I explain conology, which is the art, of course, of conning vast amounts of people down through the ages. Old, old science, very, very important because people have certain traits and natural traits. And these guys have studied us for thousands of years to understand how to use natural traits in society uh, to, to manage the public and control them uh, without the public even knowing it's happening today. It's really advanced with behaviorism and neuroscience and all the rest of it. And, uh, of course, they're, they're putting all our tax money at their own disposal, as they always do, to enslave us very, very quickly, in fact, through education and so on and through academia. So, as I say, buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughmates.com. From the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders. Or you can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And straight donations would be seriously, seriously welcome as we go through inflation and quantitative easing and all the other fancy names they have for devaluing your currencies. But as I say, most folk really believe in today's news. Today's news is not there to tell you the history of what's going on. And in fact, it's if anything but it's meant to make you think things just happening by accident now. And the exclamations they give you for news headlines say it all, really. And what are they doing now? Rather than tell you, well, this is all part of a long-term plan. And if they did any investigation, which is to say is all available to the public if they care to look for it, uh, they'd find out that you're simply living through stages of a 100, 200-year-long plan. 
And the United Nations uses uh, the 100-year plans for different parts of their their agendas. So did the communist system, because all the systems today were run by the same group, actually. And the money banks, uh, the money boys are the, are the top. They're international banks, of course. World Bank, Bank for International Settlements, and their private central banks, all controlled, known by the same people, by the way. So we've been dominated not by guys that simply go to war, uh, we are dominated by the guys who fund the countries to go to war and profit incredibly well from it too. Money is far more important to control society than just physical force. Physical force will wither away that the guys will go home from the army if they can't get pay. And this is the ancient secret, of course, of money power versus everything, every other form of power. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and tonight's on CBC Canada, on the television, for those who've got it, and there's a, a documentary on about money, in fact, I'm sure it'll be kind of well edited, and it will go through the, the old history of money too, and where the Rothschilds, even their central bank system, and their, their hands across the sea as they transferred money back and forth for different wars, because they, they, they were lending to all sides, standard technique, nothing illegal about it either. But he was through The Monarchs of Money, it's called, and it's a documentary, and it's a first in a series, apparently. So for those who can get it, they can maybe watch that or, or, or even even uh, record it and see what happens, maybe send me a copy too. But it, it says here that um, he's a senior Washington correspondent for CBC News, and he's also the, the Washington correspondent as well. But he t- he, according to this article here, and I'll put the link up tonight too, Cuttingthroughmates.com. He goes into the the new ruling class. It's not new. It's not a new ruling class at all. So that's that's not really true. But it's a ruling class for sure that deals with money. And he says these men and women are unelected and tend to shun the publicity hogged by the politicians with whom they coexist. Personally, I think politicians are obsolete. I really think they're just a front, and they always have been for an awful long time. When you see who funds them and and, uh, the organizations and lobbyists that fund them, they're all completely bought and paid for. They'd never get in. You would never hear their names mentioned if they couldn't get the funding. And they all get funding from the same sources, regardless of the party they pretend to, to speak up for. But it says that they're the world's central bankers, and every six weeks it's called they gather in Basel, Switzerland, for secret discussions, and to an extent at least they act in concert. Now I've mentioned before, and I've got articles in the archive section at cuttingthroughmaze.com about uh, this been done before on the bunch for at Basel, Switzerland. It's called the Bank for International Settlements. That's in charge of all the world's private central banks. They run us all. And it says, uh, the decisions uh, that emerge from these meetings could affect the entire world, yet the, the broad public is a, has a dim understanding, if any, of the, the job that they do. In fact, these individuals now wield at least as much influence over the lives of ordinary citizens as prime ministers and presidents. Well, they, they, they actually have more power, and they always have had more power. Now, if you go into Carl Quigley's uh, book on the Anglo-American establishment, he goes into the history of the organization that set up the foundations, and the first one that came out publicly after different name changes it was it's called, it still exists, it's the Royal Institute for International Affairs. It's a private club. 
and uh, has the richest people in the, in the planet on board with it. it. Has all media on board. All media magnets are members of it. They decide what you're going to, to be told is the news. They have think tanks that advise all governments and on various policies. And one of the American branches that they have too is the Council on Foreign Relations. So they run America and Canada and, and various other countries as well. And they have one for all of the whole European Union too. So this is the old organization that set up this whole big plan. And they said they would, it would create the Bank for International Settlements at the top. That would be the, the, the prime one for the global society. They would manage all the central banks of the entire planet eventually. And, and they also set up the same system as Karl Marx talked about, uh, a unified Europe, a, a joined Europe under one government. And that's already happened, of course. And the next step was in United America. Is that still on, on, on the go, underway? And the, the Far Eastern Pacific Relations Group, or RIM Group, I should say. And that's happening too. So he goes into this article here and he says, who are the world's central bankers? And, and he, he mentions a few of them and so on. And he, he says, all they have really is printing money. That's all they do. There's no money's made out of thin air, which he actually admits to here. Uh, it's, it's backed by nothing except your faith in it. And, uh, and of course it's completely elastic. It's inflated and, and deflated at, at whim. It's devalued whenever they say so at the top. And it doesn't matter if you save up or whatever. If they devalue it, it's just worth half or even less if they want to. It's just like that, but stroke of a pen. Because these private guys it meets. And everyone behind closed doors. Running the whole world's economy. He says, since the great economic meltdown in 2008, these central bankers have probably saved the world's economy from collapse. Actually, they brought it on. We know that. And dragged it into the unknown at the same time. And says, the amounts they've created are so vast as to be almost incomprehensible. Trillions of dollars in pounds and euros, amongst other currencies. And at the end of 2012, the balance sheets of the world's largest central banks, those of the G20 nations in the Eurozone, including Sweden and Switzerland, totaled $17.4 trillion US, according to the Bank of Canada calculations from publicly available data. And he's into some of their legacy and so on, and what they're after now. Now, what they're after now, apparently, in the world banks is really that they want uh, to people to, by threat and all the rest of it, is to get people to stop saving and start spending your savings. They want you to go back to the same system that supposedly caused the problem in the first place. Just borrow, spend, go for things bigger, etc., etc. This is their excuse for quantitative easing, and this is their excuse for, for really devaluing uh, and going after the pensioners. They're going after all the pensioners across the world right now. Britain, there's articles in this, uh, or names in this article here, two links to people in Britain who have literally seen their pensions slashed by half, and they call it austerity, making austerity. It's happening in the States too, because their, their view, their, Obama's looking up their, their, their pension funds and so on, going to do the same there. This is the world of austerity, the time of austerity, as they're bringing us down into a new system, a feudal system, remember. It's what Carl Quigley, the historian for the CFR, said in his own books, uh, and that they will be the overlords, the new overlords in the feudal system, the new CEOs. And that's happened already, actually. So, again, we can go on complaining and complaining and complaining. We we've got all the data on this stuff. And the fact is, what do you do about it? Because your politicians are never going to do anything about it because they're bought and paid for by these big boys that put them into office. In fact, and Carl Quigley said there hasn't been a president or prime minister who's been elected. And he wrote the book in the 1960s. And in that time, he says, for 60 years. 
or and over. So it was really late 1800s. Every president and prime minister has been has been basically one of their boys right up to, up to the present time. They're all members of it. So it's on all parties, by the way, at the top. So again, it's a great con because they say the big boys were never going to give you democracy. They use uh, the con of democracy when it suits them. They bring in the Marxian system as well to destroy family units and get everybody else fighting everybody else and so on. They create the welfare system because banks thrive off debts. And for welfare systems, you, the government borrows lots and lots of money, which creates lots of lots of debts. And of course, with compound interest, uh, the bankers rule it in forever. It's an investment for the bankers. Guaranteed to be paid by government and great, 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 great grandchildren if you have any. So I'll put this up tonight, this link. And for those who can watch it, as I say, it's 10 p.m. it says here on, on, on the article. And it's called The Monarchs of Money. It's probably worth watching at least. And um, it's interesting too, I should try and dig up that link to O Canada. And we're bought and sold basically. Uh, it's a very good link where a, a student went in to talk to politicians in Canada and none of them knew how the money system in Canada works. They don't have to know, you see. All they do is find out ways to tax you. And that's all they do. That's really all they do. And uh, that's how they, they presume government is supposed to work. Most folk do. Make laws and tax you. But uh, I'll put it up tonight if I can find it again. But it's, it's well worth watching. And then you get Paul Martin, next Prime Minister, trying to explain to the guy why having lots of debt is good for the country. You know, it's, it's just fascinating. And this article here ties in with the Wall Street Journal. It says, now he's after your 401k. The White House pulls a uh, switcheroo on retirement savings accounts. So how many times have you read financial advice stories lecturing you to max out your IRA, save as much as you can in your 401k, and even pay taxes now to change your regular IRA into to Roth IRA that will be tax-free until you die? So we'll be careful how much you save. This ties in exactly with that previous article. It's a lot of, uh, it says, um, a lot of job switchers are ignoring what may be one of the, the best options to get the most out of their retirement, moving their savings into their new employer's 401k. Market Watch Jim uh, Jelter explains the benefits. It says, that's the message in President Obama's bu- uh, budget for fiscal 2014, which for the first time proposes to cap the amount Americans can save in these tax-sheltered investment vehicles. The White House explanation is that some people have accumulated substantially more than is needed to fund reasonable levels of retirement savings. Now, that's quite a, a, that's quite the thing to say, folks, you know. So Mr. Obama proposes to limit an individual's total balance across tax-preferred accounts to an amount sufficient to finance an annuity of not more than 205000 per year in retirement or about $3 million for someone retiring in 2013. So, now they've done it across Britain. It's only the start of austerity. Believe me, it's not going to start with the rich. It's going to go to the poor. That's where it's all supposed to go. The rich always find ways around it and so on. But uh, as I say, in Britain, there's lots of folk who are pensioners and disabled and all the rest of it. And their, their money's been slashed by their, their real buying power by half, by half in a year. That's austerity for you. I said years ago that was the intention to bring in austerity. Which is to, so all your, all your spare cash that you'd spend in a post-consumer society would, would go to pay fees and, um, energy bills and, and basic necessities. That's what it's supposed to go to now. That's what we're in. Also, 
I'll put up tonight. It was, uh, I think I saw this, this little documentary. This is what the United Nations doesn't want you to know. This is in 1999. Catherine Bolkovac went to Bosnia as part of a UN mission. She discovered terrible wrongdoing and refused to stay silent about it. She tells Nisha Liu Du her incredible story and now the subject is a, of a film starring uh, Rachel Weiss. And it's quite a good one. It's to do with the, the, the Hugh Hent running the prostitute rackets and young, young women over their massive organizations on the go, international too, uh, selling them in different countries and so on. I'll put this link up tonight for those who might want to look into that. Everything today is crooked, folks. Everything. There's nothing has, has been left. Everything's tainted. Back with more after this. Folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the corruption, which is normal now. Actually, it's not corruption because you see the boys at the top make it legal for themselves to be corrupt. You see, so we can't call it corruption anymore. It's legal. You see, whatever they're doing. And here's an article here to, that fits right in with it. It says, um, "It says the uncomfortable effects of government actions are being felt everywhere." And it's to do with Obamacare and so on. It says, as political reports, congressional leaders in both parties are engaged in high-level confidential talks about exempting lawmakers and Capitol Hill aides from the insurance exchanges they're mandated to join as part of Obamacare. And as the Washington Times reports as well, the chief of the FAA told Congress today that Washington airports will largely escape the effects on the air traffic controller furlough. So Washington is going to be okay, and the big boys at the top, of course, can, can exempt themselves from paying uh, things that they mandate by a law uh, that you must do, or else you go to jail, or if you can't pay the fines. I mean, this, is, this is like something out of the old feudal system. In the Middle Ages, and uh, and that's exactly what it is, in fact. But as I say, you see, everything's corrupt. Everything's corrupt. The public don't mind because they don't do much about it. They don't have mass protests, and which is the only thing that they can do is just have mass protests. But at least uh, mass protests gets the attention, and politicians get a little bit nervous too, and they tend to sway a bit. But if you don't do that kind of stuff, then this, this is getting worse and worse. It'll just continue getting worse. Personally, I think the people are too comfortable today. Uh, with their entertainment and their, their make-believe worlds that they're living in today. I think they've been heavily uh, affected by television and uh, computers, Wi-Fi, and all the other addictions are given, uh, and it certainly is apparent. They live in a fantasy. Even the news is pretty well a fantasy to them, and it's presented as a fantasy. News never used to have sports and celebrities and all that stuff all mixed up into it at all. And the reason for it was to make everything appear to be kind of a fantasy. Even the wars are fantasies. You watch all the war movies, then you watch the real thing, and you kind of yawn, you know. So this is all by intention. It's, uh, again, controlling the mind. And also, too, the, the, the cons that go on, it, don't matter, it doesn't matter how, how ridiculous the, the cons are or self-evident they are, to do with the global warming, which, of course, the Club of Rome came out with. They were the ones tasked by the United Nations 
and again the CFR, they were tasked to come up, and they're a think tank for the United Nations, but they were tasked to come up with a, something that would unite the world, a threat of some kind uh, from outer space, whatever it could be, even asteroids, and the closest thing they could get, whether well, the weather is good enough, you know, people have no memory, you see, generally of, of a year, two years ago. And it'd be quite easy to trick them. And out came the weather ch- sta- station and, and so on until every little drizzle happens to be a flood or a crisis and has played up to the, to the high heavens. And it works awfully well with the general population. They're so easily trained today, you see. And, um, and of course the Club of Rome also said that, uh, you know, the weather and, 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 and uh, flooding and famine and, and, and global warming and droughts, that that would fit the bill. That's what they said, that would fit the bill. And of course out of that too came their bosses, the guys who really behind them, again, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, the guys who run all the big, big banker boys because it's comprised at the top, the very top of the biggest bankers. And the, if it's right in with Quigley's, uh, summary of the whole thing, uh, they'll use financial crisis and then they'll get out their, their carbon taxes and energy taxes and so on. Alter your way of life completely and, and change the course of, of history where we're all supposed to go. So anyway, this article says the Mercury is falling, but our MPs are full of hot air. And it's from the Telegraph and it says that, um, it shows you April floods in, in Illinois and so on. Just last week it was reported that 3,318 places in the U.S. had recorded their lowest temperatures for this time of year since records began. Similar record cold was experienced by places in every province of Canada. So cold has a Russian winter been that Moscow had its deepest snowfall in 134 years of observations. Here in Britain, where we had our fifth freezing winter in a row, the central England temperature record, according to an expert analysis on the U.S. science blog, What's Up With That?, uh, showed that in this century, average winter temperatures have dropped by 1.45 centigrade, more than twice as much as the rise between 1850 and 1999, and twice as much as the entire net rise in global temperatures recorded in the 20th century. He says, but hang on, it wasn't meant to be like this. Weren't we told that thanks to all that carbon dioxide we're pumping into the air, the world was faced with global warming? That, according to the computer models, temperatures were due to rise by at least 0.3 centigrade every decade. And that snowfall in Britain was a thing in the past. So then you go through the whole thing. This is obviously, obviously, it's the opposite that's happening. But opposite doesn't matter because, you see, the big boys have got to get us all under control by carbon taxes and energy taxes. And so it's all... They've banked everything on it. They're not going to change their minds. They're not going to do it. And then it goes on to say this. Somehow oblivious to this, the world's emissions of CO2 have continued to hurtle upwards by 50% since 1990, yet global temperatures have obstinately failed to rise. Attempts to get a global agreement on cutting CO2 emissions have collapsed. Well, they haven't really. This is pretty well every developed country apart from Britain is going flat out to build more fossil fuel power stations, leaving our own politicians almost alone in the world with their fantasy that by decarbonizing our economy at unimaginable cost, we can still somehow give everyone else a lead in changing the Earth's climate. It's very cost and cost and cost and cost and be a failure. That's obvious. Already is. And then Spain's closing down roads because Spain's got snow falling. Now, right now. Back with more after this.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're cutting through the matrix and talking about the cons that go on all the time. And remember too, the biggest the, lie, the bigger the lie, the more folk believe it. Because people can understand small lies, because they, all, all people basically will tell little fibs or white lies as we call them. But you can't imagine anyone giving a big, big lie to get war started. It's like sarin gas being put out by the Syrians, things like that. Nobody would do that, would they, and get thousands of folk killed and slaughtered. Of course, they do that. They did that with with Iraq, of course, weapons of mass destruction, and they need a credible, uh, uh, so credible evidence to go and attack countries. And they're made it quite plain if Syria was to use this kind of stuff, they'll attack. So they've they've created the problem themselves. There's probably nothing happened at all, actually, but it's good enough to get the war going so that the West can get involved and take over Syria as well, because Syria was on the same list as Israel and the the PNAC group uh, from the 90s. So that Iraq and, and a whole bunch of countries, Libya, etc., and Syria, all to be eliminated and forced uh, democracy upon them, supposedly, which is a con game because we've got the same thing here. As well, go down the tubes into austerity. But it's a feudal system. Remember, we're living in now. It's a good, a good con game. But you've got to force every other country to be standardised. Now, it says in Britain, the electricity industry is at the forefront of the government's eco-plans to reduce CO2 emissions by 20% by 2020 and at least 80% by 2050. To achieve that, our dependence on fossil fuels must be drastically reduced in favour of electricity generated by a mix of nuclear and renewables, which will involve defacing the country with at least 7,000 additional wind turbines. The obvious problem with this decarbonisation is that the wind doesn't blow all the time. In fact, it's common, well, I don't know, put outside Parliament, you might get some effect. I said, in fact, it's common during the coldest periods in winter for there to be no windmills turning anywhere in the UK, just when energy demand is at highest. It says, the simple answer is to build dozens of flexible gas-fueled power stations to provide near-instant electricity when the windmills fail to deliver. So guaranteeing cheap and reliable electricity for industry schools, hospitals and homes. But these have failed to materialize as become clear that what is in store for us is dem- demand management. This is what's called effectively an advanced form of rationing. Now, I mentioned that back in the late 90s on the air to do with rationing. I says after 9-11 happened, I says, especially when that happened too, I says you only see everything happening with rationing for everything, food, energy, everything's going to come under rationing down the road. They want a full-scale world war situation on the go with as many excuses and reasons to bring it all on in a post-industrial society. I actually mentioned the rationing of electricity because in the 90s, because Maurice Strong came over from the United Nations where he worked, he was still employed by the United Nations when he was made head of Ontario Hydro, which was a, the big electric company for Ontario that was publicly owned. He was set in to privatise it. He was getting two paychecks, one from Ontario Hydro and one from the United Nations. And he, and his big articles in the paper at the time, he said eventually we'll have to put some, and use the taxpayers' money to put uh, big, big generators in essential places, government office buildings and big corporate buildings and so on, because we'll be rationing electricity down, down the road. That was back in the 90s. So when I say these guys, we're living through a script, a big, big plan, you understand, and every facet of it, including austerity. So anyway, getting back to this article here, 
this is effectively an advanced form of rationing, this is. Demand management turns the accepted priority of the electricity industry on its head. Rather than adopting a system capable of meeting flexible demands from a varied network of power stations, the nation's electric supply will be fixed, even though this means it cannot always meet demand. Instead, demand must be managed by stopping customers from using electricity. And it says, it's done by changing the price of energy at five-minute intervals. No kidding, five-minute intervals. According to supply and demand principles, rates at peak times may be ten times or more that of the dead of night, when electricity uses is at lowest. And an extraordinary big brother move, energy suppliers will effectively reach inside your homes to shut down appliances or prevent them being turned on. That's your smart grid and smart meters. To achieve this unprecedented degree of control, suppliers need to invest billions of dollars in a smart grid, smart meters, and smart appliances. Unsurprisingly, consumers will foot the, the, the bill. This, is, this was planned long before you heard of smart grid or smart meters or, or chips in your fridges and all the rest of it. As I say, you're living through a script. So for the national grid to become smart, it has to be modified at a cost of an estimated 27 billion pounds Billion, the price of two giant nuclear powerheads, to enable it to collect information about the behavior of customers. That's what it does. It tracks all your behavior when you do this and when you switch on your computer and how long do you use it for and how many times do you open the fridge door and so on and so on and so on. And micromanage power distribution. The grid will talk to the smart meters supposedly to be fitted to all of Britain's 30 million homes by 2019 at a cost of at least another £12 billion, but probably much more. Well, will always be about four times that, because that's the standard thing. When there's not enough electricity to go around, which will be routine in only a few years' time, power cuts will be avoided by shutting down millions of individual smart appliances using computer chips fitted by the manufacturers. That's right down to your toaster, by the way. These appliances will also be programmed to switch themselves on and off according to the electricity price, leaving the washing machine, for instance, only able to run, say, at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. when prices are rock bottom, unless the owner pays a punitive premium. If all sounds like science fiction, it isn't. At the end of last year, in the Danish island of Bornholm, and I mentioned that one a few years ago, they're using this, they love to use islands as test spaces for all their studies. And I remember, too, Bornholm, they, were, they picked, and I read the article years ago, they picked them to do these electric cars on and so on and iron out all the problems for the future that the venues are up across the, the world on the public. Anyway, Bornholm, it says a four-year, £17.5 million pound EU, that's, that's taxpayers-funded experiment. EcoGrid was set in motion. More than 2,000 homes were kitted out with smart meters and washing machines. TVs and computers were networked, so they already had chips and all these things ready to be controlled by the local utility company. The project hopes to tackle the problem of unpredictable wind by providing each household with an electric car. Remember in the future, you'll see uh, in Agenda 21, remember too, there'll be no automobiles except uh, essential vehicles only. And they'll all be gassed, by the way, for speed and all the rest of it, for cops and fire engines and so on. It says, when the wind blows at times of low demand, the smart grid will divert this wrong-time electricity to charge the batteries of the car. When the windmills stop turning and no, no electricity is produced, guess what it does? The grid finds all the cars still coupled to the main supply and takes the stored electricity back, a concept known as V2G or vehicle to grid. This, they hope, means blackouts will be avoided 
The consequence is that at peak times the cars may no longer be available for use. That's when you grab your bicycle. But then there's another side of the coin. The dark side of the seismic shift in electric energy policy, the phrase used by former energy minister Chris Hewn before his career came crashing down around his ears. The plan is to double the price of electricity by the end of the decade. And they've already done it in Canada over the last three or four years. This put smart meters in. And they were putting up 8% supposedly per year extra. They've gone way beyond that already. So it says that this will be done through George Osborne's carbon tax. See, they they need this carbon tax, and they're going to say global warming forever. Hell or high water, they'll do it. Windmill subsidies and other levies, all to make the investment in technology economically attractive for those who can afford it. This is where the fantasy falls down. Already thousands of pensioners and families are being driven into fuel poverty. Fuel poverty, they call it. As a result of this year's freezing conditions, more than 6,000 extra deaths were registered in February and March. That's old folk in their homes, by the way. Campaigners at Age UK says 26,000 people die needlessly every winter. This is normal now in Britain, you know. Great Britain, no, Great Britain, the home of democracy and all that rubbish. As in, for every one degree drop in average temperature, there's about 8,000 extra deaths. The government's disastrous energy policies will cripple industry and prove ruinously expensive for all but the wealthiest householders. Well, that's the agenda. What do you think Rockefeller meant by rapid depopulation must be done now? How would they do that, folks? There's a whole bunch of ways to do it. It says most of us will be forced to choose between eating and keeping warm, but for hundreds of thousands of our most vulnerable citizens, the so-called green revolution could be fatal. And it's already happening. And nobody cares, you're living in fantasy, watching TV and what's on tonight. It's too negative a topic to look at, isn't it? Go look for some fun. And (laughs) it's quite amazing, really. Uh, So it's a smart tyranny, basically. The Russia and the EU are to build common energy markets. So you see the, the, the unified grid system and so on. That's also gas, electricity, everything. The EU and Russia to build a common energy market by 2050, so they're starting building it now. This is going to build this, this market by 2050, and they'll remove all barriers in the oil industry as well. The Russian Energy Minister Alexander Novak and EU Energy Commissioner Gunther Oettinger uh, have signed a document for energy cooperation between Russia and European Union until 2050. It says the roadmap declares the strategic aim of cooperation is to create a pan-European energy space. Pan-European energy space, folks. Now, think about the, the global grid system. Understand that the last article I read, too, they talked about switching it off in certain parts of the grid at different peak times, uh, hours, and so on. Well, guess what? When they want stuff from China a certain time in the day, you'll always be cut off at the time. They'll just switch it off to China or wherever they need it, or they say they need it, that is. And the ones who are doing most manufacturing will need a lot more than the ones that are now post-industrial. Think about that too. So according to the terms of the roadmap, by 2020, Russia and the EU will provide support for large gas infrastructure projects, which the two sides designate as projects of mutual interest. By 2030, they'll harmonize as joint market regulation, and by 2050, remove all barriers in the various industries, including oil. So it's all really rushing ahead, isn't it? It it truly is. It truly is. And uh, as I say, we're we're well on our way now. Well, well on our way. Quite amazing. Now, 
another article too has to do with, uh, I never really mentioned politicians much because I'm not, I don't have much faith in, in, in politicians whatsoever. But Ron Paul did mention the fact that this new precedent that was set at the Boston thing, which was really that police were, and, and military, <laughs> militarized police, plus I think uh, even National Guard were going door to door, were armed in the whole bits for the first time in, in the US history basically. And without warrants or anything else, and they never caught the suspects. It was someone who checked his own boat that caught them. And then they phoned police. Other folk had photographed the guy. So, I mean, all this hullabaloo setting a precedent for what's to come in the future is quite something else, isn't it? I mean, that really is something else. And most folk, again, you know, actually, they were cheering. Again, I think that was all stage, mind you. They got all the students to get up and cheer and wave the flags, the brand new flags they handed out and so on for the photo ops. To be seen a wonderful thing. Having total martial law and thousands of armed guys all over the place trigger happy was a great thing. Really. And another article, two back on power again. It says here, big brother is to switch off your fridge. Power giants to make millions, but you must pay for what's called sinister technology. Computer chips will take control of your home appliances when the energy is low. Sensors will detect spikes in demand for power when the grid struggles to meet it. It will temporarily shut off appliances and it can shut down supply without warning or your consent. This is why it's smart. It's smart, you know. I mean, it means you can't argue with it. It's automatic. So the freezers and freezers and millions of British homes will automatically switch off without the owner's consent under a big brother regime to reduce the strain on power stations. This is the excuse they're using. Think Agenda 21 from the United Nations, folks. Agenda 21. Sustainable development. It says the national grid is demanding that all new appliances be fitted with sensors that could shut them down when the UK's generators struggle to meet demand for electricity. Electric ovens, air conditioning units and washing machines will also be affected by the proposals, which are already backed by one of the European Union's most influential energy bodies. They're pushing for the move as green energy sources such as wind farms are less predictable than traditional power stations, increasing the risk of blackouts. Last night, critics condemned the principles that outside forces should be allowed to control appliances. Well, it's the same thing with banks. You shouldn't have these private uh, characters running your, your money supply. These intergenerational characters, and that's what they are, and they're all intermarried for God's sake. We all know that. We don't vote them in. And it's the same thing with these big corporations that own, they run your whole lives. You're just a slave. You are a serf. You're back to serfdom. You don't know what you're happy serfs, a lot of you, at the moment. Warned that the new census could, would add 40 pounds to the average price of white goods for consumers. Hit out at energy giants who would make millions of pounds extra profit under the scheme, well that's normal as always, as it would save them from firing up reserve generators or paying factories to switch off furnaces to quell demand. There's no suggestion that consumers will be compensated for having their appliances shut down. The census will automatically detect spikes in demand for power that the grid is strongly meet and temporarily shut off the appliances. Victor Sundberg, Energy Strategy Manager at at Electrolux, warned this is big brother technology on a grand scale. And I'm not kidding. The device inside the fridge or freezer will automatically change the way the appliance operates in response to the output of the grid. This method of shutting down household appliances could be carried out almost instantly, saving the energy companies millions because they won't have to start up the turbines or pay huge industrial companies to cut production. That reminds me of Bernays, Edward Bernays, the guy who just hated the general public, he says, because we're so easy to manipulate. 
he was disgusted with them. And he said he was one of the biggest advertisers and con men and marketers because he'd been specially instructed, not by his uncle Freud, but he'd been specially instructed by guys much, much older than that on, on how society works and how human mind works. But And he also got America into a war to, for, for a private business that he actually worked for. And I'm not kidding about that, too. You should look it up. But anyway, he said to the to the big marketer, the big company owners of cor- or corporate owners of products, he says, rather than than, uh, than make your, your your products more appealing to the public, he says, change the public to suit your product. Think about it. All the propaganda you're fed from school, even from kindergarten, all through your lives, constant propaganda. So that your mind is readied for all the things that are going to come because the big boys have, have literally created your mind the way it is now. And given you all your opinions, all your beliefs on, on these particular topics, it's all given to you. You're readied like lambs to the slaughter to be used. Think about it. I'm not kidding you here. So as I say, it says, uh, <laughs> so now consumers are not benefiting at all. They're left paying more when they buy their appliances, as well as having their private goods controlled by outside forces. And you call this freedom. Do you? Do you? Of course, you can all watch TV again, watch lots of sex and violence. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting for the meetings, talking about the big system of legalized corruption. You can't call it corruption, it's all legal feudalism really. And the big corporations draft up the plans for government and they, they hand it to government to sign into law, you know. And talking about what's happening with the energy supply, the national grid. All countries are going through this, by the way, they've all signed on to it because after all they're all owned by the same world bankers. Not kidding you. So are lots of these corporations that you hear of. The bankers own most of them, almost all of them. And it says here in this article too, it's on to say there's a big brother element to this. It also shows energy suppliers passing down their incompetence to their customers. They should be supplying energy as customers need it, not when they want to give it. Well, it's not incompetence. They know what they're doing. It says there's something Soviet about this. It's a ridiculous idea and it should be opposed. And he said, I hope, that, I hope the government puts its foot down. The government's the ones behind it, because their boss is above them. Gave them, I mean, he's a, he's a, a, here's something that the government did. What do you think National Grid is? What is National Grid? It's like Federal Express. It's not federal, right? Or the Bank of England. It's not English. Or Bank of Canada. It's not Canadian. The National Grid, a private company, it's a private company. They made £2.6 billion profit in 2011 as required by law to balance supply and demand in the network. See, they wrote the laws and handed it to government to pass. Why did you bother voting? However, the EU has set a target that 20% of all electricity will be generated from green sources by 2012. But these are unreliable, making the task more difficult. Now, where's that all come from? Biomass, all the GE stuff that are growing across Europe that's generally a failure. Awfully expensive stuff. 
And when you add it to your fuels, you get about 20 to 30% less miles per gallon. So it's great for the boys that sell it because you're using more gas, right? This is a solution proposed by the National Grid. So the private company, the solution is proposed by this private company called the National Grid, along with its counterparts in 34 European countries who got complete monopoly is to install the controversial devices. That's all the smart chips that you have to buy. Adds a lot of money to each thing that you thing that you purchase. So you're buying your own chains as usual. You buy your own chains as usual, folks. So it says sensors and domestic appliances would check the frequency every 0.2 seconds. And if it fell to 47 hertzes, a level that would risk blackouts, the devices would kick in and shut fridges, freezers and ovens down. Across millions of homes, this would cut demand significantly and so restore the balance. So we all die of and get frozen to death because of the wonderful idea. But it, fissil- it works with a lot of the agenda. The big boys are getting more and more and more profit, even if there's less folk using it, folks, as they're jacking up all the prices. Energy, they've got in a stranglehold with food, water, and energy. Remember, what's the basic essentials for life? Food, water, you need shelter, clothing, and heat. Basic essentials. You ain't going after that all by, by chance. No, folks. You are slaves. You're slaves. That's all. And to end it off too, it says here, people already worry about genetics. They should worry more about brain science too. Neuroscience. An attempt to treat depression, neuroscientists once carried out a simple experiment using electrodes who stimulated the brains of women in ways that caused pleasurable feelings. The subjects came to no harm. Indeed, their symptoms appeared to evaporate temporarily, but they quickly fell in love with their experimenters. You fall in love with the abusers as they manipulate your brains. There's a thousand ways to do it, folks. Look around you. You'll see lots of them. Quite happy. And they shouldn't be. From Hamish, Michelle, Frontier, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your God's go with you.